Good morning, and welcome to Obreeders Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 8, 2014. Today, we are reading from the big book, the forward to the third edition, and we are at page Roman numeral XXII, paragraph one. Today's readers are Penny C., Deb W., and Michelle H. The reference number for yesterday, October 7th, is 6938. That's 6938. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to, to still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maura Z to read the 12 steps. Mara, please press star one to unmute. Katie, did you call me? This is Mara. Yes, yes. Sorry, yes. sorry. Good morning. This is Mara Z, Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to propulsive overeating and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you. I will now ask Alice M. to read the 12 traditions. This is Alice, a compulsive overeater and bulimic from Florida. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XXII, paragraph 1. I will ask Penny C. to begin reading. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling from Massachusetts. By March 1976, when the edition went, when this edition went to the printer, the total worldwide membership of Alcoholics Anonymous was conservatively estimated at more than 1 million, with almost 28,000 groups meeting in over 90 countries. Surveys of groups in the United States and Canada indicate that AA is reaching out not only to more and more people, but to a wider and wider range. Women now make up more than one-fourth of the membership among newer members. The proportion is nearly one-third. Seven percent of the AAs surveyed are now less than 
30 years of age, among them many in their teens. The basic principles of the AA program, it appears, hold good for individuals with many different lifestyles, just as the program has brought recovery to those of many different nationalities. The 12 steps that summarize the program may be called Los Doce Pasos in one country, Les Doce Etapes in another country, but they trace exactly the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, this, is, this is just amazing. These numbers are staggering. When, when we look back and we realize that in 1939, they were boasting of a hundred recovered compult, of, of, excuse me, a hundred recovered alcoholics, just a hundred. And, and some, in some, um, people will tell you that that was a really uh, inflated number that they were a hundred sounded good in the book. So they were just a very, very small number is what the what I'm the point I'm trying to make. And then when we came to the second edition, only sixteen years later, it's telling us that there were a hundred and fifty thousand and six thousand groups. And now, twenty one years after the second edition, look at the numbers. A million members, twenty eight thousand groups. And we know that this this is 1976, so 38 years later, right now, we're going to see that these numbers have just keep swelling and swelling. And not only the numbers, like the par- third paragraph that I read says that it's just not the numbers, it's reaching out to people in every different walk of life and in all sorts of countries, different nationalities, different languages. There must be something to it. There's got to be something to this book. It's, it's no one, how can anyone even begin to doubt its effectiveness? And as we know, even a couple of years ago, the Library of Congress was, honored this book by saying it was one of the hundred books that most influenced American life. So aren't we fortunate that I feel fortunate that I know this book, that I've known this book for 27 years now, that I get to study this book, and every morning I get to study with all of you, and who knows how many people are listening in, either recordings or on the phone, that the phone bank that's made up of meetings for the last month or so, it's just a, amazing. It's miraculous. It really is miraculous. And the only thing that could be keeping this going like it is and and causing so much recovery, not only for alcoholics, but for countless other 12-step programs, which uses this book and these steps, it's only only has to be guided by a higher power. I can't imagine any other way that this would have been so effective and continue to be more and more effective as electronic media helps more meetings to be established, just like the one that we're on right now. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Penny. Who would like to share on these three paragraphs? Who would like to share on these three paragraphs? Press star one to unmute. This is Anne Marie. Okay, Anne Marie. Good morning. Charles. Hi. Yes. Okay, we'll have Anne Marie. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Hi, Anne Marie, um, recovery compulsive eater in South Carolina now. Um, what stood out to me um, out of this the whole three paragraphs was um, the last. Sentence. Did we read the last paragraph, Kate? I'm sorry. Did we read the last paragraph? No, we read the first three paragraphs. I apologize. Then I'll I'll wait because my what I was focused on was that very last sentence. So I'll I'll just pass right now. Sorry. Okay, you can just wait a little bit. Okay. Okay. Was that Charles? There was a gentleman after um, Anne Marie. Yes, good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much, and I'm gr- a grateful, recovered, composable reader just for the day. And, uh, yeah, the numbers the numbers don't lie, right? Uh, you know, and that wider range of people um, that AA reached out to, uh, they, they, they call them my name right there. Like, you know, wow, for real, like for real, for real? Like I'm supposed to be where my higher power um puts me and but I wasn't willing to be there. <laughs> but um but I'm here. And you know, I'm real clear that the, you know, the enemy which is my mind wants me to focus on abstinence and not recovery. Yeah, I'm clear on that. That's why I get up, I don't care, and I'm on this meeting, even though sometimes I don't speak, but I'm on this meeting because the enemy wants me to focus on oh, white knuckle abstinence, white knuckle abstinence. No. No, I'm in a recovered state of mind once I, I submit to the will of my higher power, which is God for me. And it reached out, the wider range and more people. Um, the wider women now make up uh, one-fourth of the membership. Um, yeah. Yeah, this program works, man. And and, and thank you, Tennessee, for your comments, because, you can take this book and utilize it for any vice that you got, any vice. Um, yeah, like how it says, uh, recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's, we still we still going that same path. Ain't nothing changed, you know. And 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 thanks for the you know. I continue to ask my sponsees to read these forwards because. This is the good money you need. This I need, I don't know about that. I don't know what nobody needs. I know I need to be here because I don't want to be fighting to be abstinent. I want to love to be recovered one day at a time. And, again, people take it out of context. You know, people start, you know, making, you know, when I, when I get in a spiritual condition, which I'll be honest, I wasn't when I first came to vision to you, I was like, yo, why are these people always saying recover? What's going on? That, that's my disease. You know, I will not use my obsession for a permission slip today. I will not use it. I will use it as my darkest possession. And I thank 
the big book for reaching out to a wider range of people, folk like me that ain't supposed to be here. In my mind, tells me I ain't supposed to be here, but I'm not unique. I got disease, and I need to treat it every single day, no matter what. Sunday, special editions. Saturday, you know, it, it, to me, my meanings are based on this book here, based on this book one day at a time. And I thank the earlier members. I thank the first hundred or, or whatever. If they dress that number up, God bless them because it was enticing to me today on October 8, 2014. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles. Who else would like to share on these three paragraphs? Monica. Melanie. Okay, Monica and then Melanie. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, what strikes me here is in the third paragraph, the basic principles of the AA program appears hold good for individuals with many different lifestyles, just as the program has brought recovery to those of many different nationalities. So they're saying, I'm just being struck by how many times, we haven't even gotten into the meat of the book here yet, and we are seeing this word recovery recovered recovery, and it doesn't make any difference who you are, what color you are, where you come from, this can work for you. And how is that? And the very last sentence says, they traced exactly the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we've been told that this is a text, and they're going to give us exactly the the information that we need, the instructions that we need to get this recovery. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I was a little leery about all this. But you know what? I followed these directions, and God has given me a spiritual awakening. And it's just amazing that, you know, if we want what they got, you do what they did, you'll get it too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Melanie, you're up. Hi, good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in um, Texas, and I was looking at also the third paragraph because of the languages and how the um, literature has been uh, translated into different languages so that that it is far-reaching like it is. But then it reminded me, too, in in um, OA, we do the same thing. We have shifted the, the language to include so many other people. You know, in region... Eight alone uh, reaches uh, South America. Region nine in OA reaches Western Asia, the Middle East, and Africa and Europe. And region 10 is the Far East, which also then includes Australia and New Zealand. And that's huge. That's huge. Those are all those other languages that speak the same pain, the same torment, the same devastation that I have. I can relate to all these people in that way. And then I went even deeper. I had a phone call yesterday from somebody that wanted to have a little bit of information about um, a vision for you. And it's not unusual for those folks to want to know what um, our food plan is and, and what our methodology is and how strict we are, what our plan is. And it made me think again, and as I was explaining to this woman, um, that 
that, you know, we are a group of people that study the big book and have none of those kinds of methodologies, yet the reminder is that there are factions. I don't know if this is another 12-step groups, but there are factions within OA that work things a little differently, yet under the same kind of language. And that's what I'm reminded in, in that third paragraph. And then I went back up to, to talk about how we spoke of that yesterday. Even in these rooms, even in this room as we speak about and study the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we have a common language, even though we have different um, factions within OA. It says on page XX, the same democratic evening up process is now going on. And that's exactly what's happened in this room right here, right now, that it's been broader to different languages. People come in and we do speak English when we come in here, but we're still speaking the same language, even within our own different factions. And I was amazed to be able to tell that person on the phone that yesterday, that you know she wanted to make sure that there wasn't one special way that we were doing things. And I said, no. And she said, well, what about these folks? And how are they doing? I said, I don't know. But together, together we all understand that we are seeking a spiritual solution because we are bankrupt in that area and it doesn't matter what else is going on. It doesn't matter whatever kind of English, different language we're speaking, we're coming together in that way. And I was just really impressed to be able to say that again and actually be able to pull that out of that third paragraph today. Thank you, Pass. This, um, this is Cheryl R. in Virginia, may I share? Yes, Cheryl. Anyone else? It's Larry. And Vasa, Cheryl, Leah, Renata, and Vasa. Okay. Cheryl, Larry, Vasa, and Renata. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Hi, this is Cheryl R. in Virginia, and I just wanted to say about this uh, third paragraph, um, is I, I too had somebody call me from um, another country yesterday, and I go back to this line about the basic principles of the AA program, um, you know, with different lifestyles. So, so here we're even seeing the seeds of um, 10th tradition, you know, no outside issues. You know, I, I don't want to hear about your politics or your different religions or whatever. I want to hear about these basic principles of AA, you know, and, and that we also utilize in OA. What are these basic spiritual principles that will uh, lead us out of um, the obsession um, that, um, you know, uh, uh, and that twist, uh, the, the mental twist um, that we've talked about earlier, too. So that, again, just in these, in these basic principles and the fact that uh, um, it translates to so many other uh, countries and, and other lifestyles and all that shows us that there is this uh, basic unifying uh, principle of um, uh, a spiritual connection that we all have, no matter what the outside um, uh, uh, experiences. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Okay. Um, Larry, you're next. Thanks so much. Larry, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. So zeroing in on, um, you know, on the last line there again, <clears throat> uh, that, you know, we, we've traced exactly the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, um, uh, that's not necessarily the case in, in, uh, in a lot of the rooms of OA or, or you know, or other 12-step programs. Um, you know, they're not necessarily um, 
tracing exactly the same path to recovery that was blazed by the earliest members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's why, that's okay. I mean, I wish it weren't so, but that's okay because um, I have an opportunity. I'm one one man, uh, you're one woman, one man. You know, we can recover and then we can go and out and carry the message. You know, on page 25, here's what happened to me. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we can never do by ourselves. And I know, like I, I qualified somewhere last night, and, you know, I try to carry the message, this one person, you know, just carrying the message. And, um, you know, not, not everyone has that same experience. I mean, they, they're looking for my stats. Okay, I'm, I'm 5'10", 160 pounds. If that's what, it, what attracts you into the, into the message, that's fine. That's okay. It's what got me here. I didn't come here for a spiritual awakening. I got better things to do. You know, but if that's what attracts someone, a man or a woman, uh, towards what happened to me, that's fine. But I know many people that are walking around in a quote-unquote normal-looking body. Their physical packaging looks normal, and uh, which was me for a number of years. And they're stark raving mad. You know, they're stark raving abstinent. That's not my experience anymore because I followed this program precisely at some point when I was desperate enough, you know? I was desperate enough, and then I followed it precisely, and I got something different. got something different today. What I had is just what I read there. I have a connection to a higher power, so sure, sure when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out physically. As my daughter would say a few years ago, duh. Yeah, that, that happens. Okay, but that's the least of it. The least of it. What happened to me as well was that I have uh, a, a complete change in my thinking and my behavior that can be a man of integrity and love and I have um, energy to carry this message and even a desire. Isn't that a miracle? I have a desire to carry this message. There's no middle-of-the-road solution, not for a al- person with an alcoholic mind like mine. I can guarantee it. But uh, that's my experience. So it's identification. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing that we get to carry this message. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Uh, Vasa, you're next. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. And I'm a grateful um, recovered press, uh, recovering compulsive overeater. And I'm calling from Foxborough, Fox Massachusetts. And this is a God-given program, and I'm so grateful for the people that went before me and for this book that they designed this, uh, the the direction in a way that I could understand that for the first time in my lifetime. And as I said before, I came for the physical, and um, because, um, you know, again, that's what I wanted. I was young. And I wanted to look good, and I was going to leave, and that was my mission, go and leave, you know. But I found something that didn't work before that worked for me now, and I'm just so, so grateful. And I 
came 28 years ago. And I remember going to meetings. There weren't as many meetings in those days. But I remember traveling like half an hour or 45 minutes in my area, you know. And I was just so grateful to get to an OA meeting and just to hear the message. And um, I went to visit my sponsor a couple weeks ago, and she lives up Maine. So they don't have very meetings there, and, and in, they have to travel far away. And it's, it, you know, you have, you know, it's, you got to burn a lot of gas to get to places. But I'm so grateful, you know, that we have the phone bridge now. You know, I don't have to go to as many meetings out there. I can get on the morning of the meetings and participate if I want to participate and listen if I need to listen. And I'm so grateful. I, I you know, that's my, uh, my um, message now, carrying the message to another compulsive overeater. And that is my mission, just to help another one. But sometimes I can wrap myself too much in trying to help, you know, and I need to back off. Just because I was desperate, just because I was willing, some people are not ready yet, and I just need to let them go and go to the next person that's uh, that's willing, that want, that want the recovery. So I'm just so grateful that, you know, like, I mean, there's millions of, um, there's thousands and thousands of groups now. I remember going to Europe. I come from Europe, and I wanted to get to a meeting over there. But it was just too hard, the traveling. I couldn't get to one. But I bring my literature. I carry my big book with me. And I've heard people that went into service, that they went in AA, and they brought their big book, and they stayed sober. And they didn't have the meetings, but the big book, read the big book, and that's what kept them sober. So it's a miracle. This program, it's, it's a miracle. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Okay, Leah, you're next. Did you call me, uh, Katie, Renata? Uh, sure, go ahead, Renata, and then Leah, and then we'll move oh, on to sorry. the next paragraph. Oh, okay, thank you. This is Renata, Recovered Compulsive Reading in New York. Good morning, everyone. I also want to focus on the third paragraph, and, uh, you know, they're saying here that the program that worked for so many in the past, you know, that got all those people recovered, remains unchanged in this book. Um, you know, uh, the book only translates the, the, the program of recovering into different lang- languages. It doesn't adapt or modify it for, you know, different cultures or age groups or lifestyles. And, uh, you know, they're talking in here that the recovery program is the 12 steps. And that never changed. It, you know, it doesn't matter which country you're reading this book, in what language, that's the program of recovery. You know, and on page 20, it says, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. And so, you know, it, this tells me, you know, the answer here that this book brings to me is recovery from alcohol, from, you know, compulsive eating for me. And uh, the answer is the 12 steps. 
that's my only choice. There's no, you know, like I'm from Brazil. There's no something else in Brazil that will recover me from compulsive eating. It's the 12 steps. Uh, that's all I have to share. I pass. Thank you. And um, I, I uh, would like to ask Deb W. to please le- read the fourth paragraph on that page. This is Deb W., uh, recovered compulsive eater from Oklahoma. In spite of the great increase in the size and the span of this fellowship, at its core, it remains simple and personal. Each day somewhere in the world, Recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And, you know, I I just want to focus on at its core. Uh, And the reason being is, you know, that's where really uh, at our core the problem uh, exists, the problem and and the solution. Because, you know, the need for God is what, or for a power greater than me, is my uh, is what got me here, and and I covered it up by uh, my work, by my education, uh, relentlessly running after um, you know relationships, uh, alcohol, drugs, uh, you know, just whatever uh, fix I was trying to get to. Um, feel that core, that depth in me, that 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 hunger, you know, that that's what I did. And yeah, this this page, this is talking about the you know, this is an international thing. This is this is a human thing. This is a worldwide thing that we all have within us a need. You know, we were never meant to be a higher power. We were never meant to solve you know, all our problems, you know. But, you know, because we're human, that's what we're after. That's what we try to do. Um, And so the numbers do increase because the problem still, it increases, you know. And many of us come in in our, you know, we may come in in our 20s and then come back in our 30s and there we are in our 40s and 50s and and here we are in our 60s. I'm in the 60s. I I came in in 1989, you know. Um, The problem never goes away untreated, you know. I mean, we can go out to doctors and we can go to get on diets and we can go to therapy and self-help groups and here's hypnosis. You've even tried uh, the surgeries, and the, if the problem is not uncovered, and that's the need for God, you know, it'll always be a problem, you know. And so, what is the solution? The solution is is on page two sixty three is complete deflation. It's dependence and guidance from God. It's moral inventory, it's confession, it's restitution, and it's continued work with another. And I should pass on that. This is Sally. This is Bella. Can I share? Okay, we'll have Sally and then Bella. Thank you. Thank you. 
This is Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And there's just so much in this little tiny paragraph, just the way they squeeze things in because they really are such wordsmiths. So it says, in spite of the great increase in the size and the span of this fellowship, at its core, it remains simple and personal. What that says to me is that it remains not complicated and not in impersonal. So it doesn't matter if the room has two people or if the room has a thousand people. This, this, at the core of the program, it remains simple and personal. Each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And a couple of thoughts I had is, first of all, the use of simple. We see it at the bottom of page 50. In fact, they use it two times at the bottom of page 50 in that last paragraph. First time is about four lines down. You see it on the left margin, the word simple. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things. There has been a revolutionary change, that word is also so important to all of us to understand, in their way of living and thinking, in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources. This, of course, is a good picture of desperation. They found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements, which, of course, these simple things, these simple requirements, they're talking about the steps. And and finally, on page 58, we see it again. We see simple at the top of the page. It says, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. So they're telling us simple things, simple requirements, simple programs, and here we see the word again. We see it remains simple. It's not easy. They never said it was easy. They just said it was simple. And finally, in that last sentence there where it tells us sharing experience, strength, and hope, I know we've talked about it a lot of times, but I just want to end with page 124 at the top of the page, that paragraph that says, Henry Ford once made a wise remark to the effect that experience is the thing of supreme value. Our experience is the thing of supreme value in life. That is true only if one is willing to turn the past to good account. In other words, if we're willing to share it, if we're willing to expose ourselves a little so that others can benefit, so that others can identify in, and so that others can see, hey, if she could do it and she was that sick, maybe I can do it. It, it gives hope. It, it gives some sense of trust. It's almost like transference of trust. Okay, I know you don't trust yourself anymore because you've broken your abstinence 400 times in the last um, you know, 400 days, basically. So I know you don't trust yourself anymore. So how about can you trust me? Because I also broke my abstinence 400 times in 400 days, but now I'm recovered, and this is what I did. So we grow by our willingness to face and rectify errors and convert them into assets. The alcoholic's past thus becomes the principal asset 
of the family, and frequently it is almost the only one. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally. Bella, you're next. Bella, press one to unmute. Oh, thank you. I just was talking and I thank you for, I saw that I was uh, muted. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Each day, such empowering two words. Each day. Before the program, I was living in a miserable past. I was blaming the whole entire world and including myself. I was blaming, oh, because of my parents and because of my teacher and because of my friends and also because of me, I did so many mistakes. And yes, this is why now I am overeater and this is why now I am running to the food because I am doing all the time only mistakes. And I didn't even enjoy the present. I didn't know that there is a present. I was busy living the past and being anxious about the future because how my future can be if I had such a terrible past. And now, thank God, thank God that I am in the program. I learned the value of the present. It's a gift. It's a gift to live now and without blaming and judging. Yes, I am connected to the higher power, to, to a power that accepts me and respects me. And each day, somewhere in the world, I have the opportunity. Yes, I have the opportunity. If I did a mistake, I have the opportunity to learn a different way to learn from another compulsive overeater and to, to, to understand that there is other ways besides me. And also I learned that each, each day, each minute, I have another opportunity to, to learn how I can take the past and to serve it now in the present, to see my, my, character defects and to see how I can to behave different and to act different. And it's such a relief, it's such a freedom that I have a new opportunity each day, every single moment to, to do a different choice and I have the power to choose one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Who else would like to share on this last paragraph? Kim? Leah? Melissa? Sarah. Okay, Kim, Leah, Melissa, and Sarah. And Anne-Marie? Oh, yeah, Anne-Marie. <laughs> okay, Kim, Leah, Melissa, Sarah, and Anne-Marie. Okay, go ahead. Kim. Thanks, Katie. Good, good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. Recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience 
strength, and hope. You know, I think that's a very common saying we hear in the rooms, and I think it's important that we look at that. What does experience mean? You know, experience is someone who has been through the process from the beginning to the end and knows the, the outcome. Strength, you know, from my perspective, means it's coming from God. You know, that I am God-centered and I'm able to do that. And then hope is the idea that you're meeting someone who suffered like you did and no longer suffers. So I have to ask myself, is that what I'm offering as an individual? Is that what my meetings are offering as meetings? Is that what my intergroup is offering as an intergroup? Are, are we offering experience, strength, and hope? You know, I think of that beautiful meeting between Eddie and, and Bill and the orchestration of that, the God that was in that. Because Eddie didn't come to Bill and explain to him the nature of his problem because he didn't understand that. But since Bill knew Eddie, Bill knew that Eddie was like him, he understood that he was different and wanted to know how that happened. I just think of a couple quotes on page 9. It says, he had come to pass his experience along to me, the experience of having recovered. If I cared to have it. I was shocked but interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be before I was hopeless. And then on page 11, it says, I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped new soil. That is the hope that we can offer people. You know, I have to say it's my personal experience. For many years what I offered people is, you know what, I suffer like you. Let's stay in the room and let's stay comfortable in the disease. Let's stay comfortable in the disease because I didn't have a message to carry. And I think of it this way. When one of the gifts I was given when I started to, uh, when I lost my weight, was I learned how to ski. And if I had gone up to Vermont and had been, talking to a ski instructor saying, do I want to take ski lessons with this gentleman? And he told me all about the different degrees he has and certifications. And I said to him, well, can you tell me what mountains that you have skied? And that instructor said, well, I've actually never skied, but look at all these certificates that I have. I would not have taken lessons from him. So I think it's so important. The best thing we can do for the suffering compulsive overeater is to get recovered ourselves put down the food, walk through these steps, have a spiritual awakening, and go out and help others. Because that is the experience, the strength, and the hope that allowed AA to grow, and it is exactly what allowed this meeting to grow, and it was what will allow Overeaters Anonymous as a whole to grow. And with that, I pass. Leah M., you're next. Thank you, Kim. Thanks so much, KDF. This is Leah M., Recovered. Each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. Um, yes. Um, you know, although this has been talking about the growth and, and certainly the fellowship, and the fellowship is indeed very, very powerful, um, but it's the program of recovery that creates that vital change that's necessary for recovery. You know, the fellowship grew out of these men and women who were recovered. And, you know, that's what we have to offer today. I mean, our text says, you know, we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. I mean, that is a huge responsibility and an obligation. And, of course, it's a sheer, it's sheer pleasure to do. But, you know, that, that is 
what we have an opportunity to do is carry that message of hope. To say, you know, something came between me and compulsive overeating more than 27 years ago, and it's been there every, ever since. And that is the recovery process. You know, so I can say to someone who's still suffering, if the problem is that you're powerless over food and you're tired of living an unmanageable life, we have a recovery process. We have something that came off the press in 1939 and still works today to develop that relationship, which will do for you that which you cannot do for yourself. You know, I can say to someone, uh, you know, my abstinence dates from January 19th, 1987, and that means two things. That means, one, this program works when you work it, and two, that this program of recovery has given me the spiritual tools that I have the opportunity to practice every day in every aspect of my life so that I do not find it necessary to pick up that first bite. I don't find it necessary to do that. So I don't know about you, but if you are eating, you know, uh, you know, if you are a compulsive overeater and you're looking for a way out, we know, I know exactly where you're coming from because that's where I came from too. And I was offered this book, the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and I practiced with the help of you know, a, a guide, the first, you know, 11 steps, I had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, and I do not live in that madness anymore. I don't live in that madness anymore. And if you don't want to be that way anymore, then you can do what I did, what we did, and let us take you by the hand and let us walk with you and let us help you apply and understand these steps and you can have your own spiritual awakening and then you can carry the message. The chances of your recovery are 100%. The big book says, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail that has thoroughly followed our path. The emphasis is thoroughly followed our path because since God resides within each and Every one of us equally, we all presumably have the same spiritual potential, the same potential to live a life that's happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Melissa, you're next. Hi, this is Melissa from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, when I hear um, that we share our experience, strength, and hope with someone that that um that is how my recovery began because um you know I needed to hear someone else's struggles that was the first way that I could identify in and knew that I belonged here when I heard someone else's ugly secrets um it it, it reassured that this is exactly where I belong um and um and I must do the same thing and um and I find, you know, incredible strength when I share um, and I help someone else. And, you know, I also, it makes me um, value my experiences all the more. Instead of regretting the past, you know, which we're urged, you know, and, and we're promised that we will not regret the past, you know, wish to shut the door on it. Um, my past includes my experiences, and some of them are really ugly. And, Thank you, God, I had them, because without my painful, ugly experiences, I would not have been desperate enough 
to work this program like my life depends on it and um and share it with another and you know i'm I'm so thankful i'm I'm working with Fonzie right now and um and I'm pointing her in the direction of the big book. We've known each other for years through the rooms um where the big book wasn't really accessed as much and um you know someone pointed me to this meeting and and it's from here that I've really had true recovery. And so now I'm sharing it with her. And when I, you know, encouraged her to, I read something to her from the big book um, and told her the page it was on, she laughed and she said, you know, I thought when you were saying those things that um, I didn't know that it came from the big book because I had been talking about the sunlight of the spirit with her. And she said, I thought you were on some crazy new age, you know, you drank the Kool-Aid religion. And, and here it is in the big book. And, um, you know, and it's, I'm so grateful to have the experience of my disease, um, even the ugly things, so that I'm desperate and able to share it with another in the fellowship. And I just love this meeting, and um, thank you, God. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Sarah, it's your turn. Uh, thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, I, I like the last sentence also. It really resonates um, so much. Um, and and somewhere in this world, every moment, there's somebody that's that's suffering uh, with our disease. And there also is somebody that's out there that's willing to reach out. It just, you know, we have to want to have that help. And I wanted to um, to bring us to page. 29, uh, because I think it's so, you know, there is a solution. Is such a beautiful part of our book. And i just like to read the last paragraph. Um, it says, we hope, we hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. They're talking about the stories in the back. Our hope is that many alcoholics, men and women, desperately in need, will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And I think sometimes, um, you know, on this line in particular, many people have a lot of long-term sobriety, abstinence. Uh, Sometimes we sound like we are um, above... um, you know, above imperfection, and all of us are imperfect. You know, all of us struggle at times. But this program, the 12 Steps, really allows us to uh, truly live a life where we have integrity, where we can be productive people in society, where we can have healthy relationships with our family, uh, even with our barking dogs. Um, but, no, we we really can have you know, loving relationships, and we don't have to hide. Uh, for myself, when I was in my addiction, I was really very isolative. Um, uh, I was either better than everyone or less than everyone. I could never see myself eye to eye. And, you know, today I can. That doesn't mean that problems don't come up. But, you know, working with others is the bright spot of my life. It's a beautiful thing to be able to reach out to somebody that's suffering and say, you know, 
this is the way that I have found that, that has helped me, and it might help you too if you're willing to do the work. And I think it really is about wanting it badly enough to be willing to do the work. Do the work. Um, I heard somebody a while ago say it's not the meeting makers that make it. It's, it. it's not the meetings we make, it's the steps we take. And I do think that meetings are important for, for me, um, but I think that it's the steps. I have to continue on on the journey and that sometimes things come up. I may need to do a little bit of a four-step inventory, not just a 10-step uh, about certain things. But, you know, the thing is that I'm willing to do it because I know how good it feels to be free from the food obsession and to be free from the insanity of the mental obsession of the defects of character, of the the fact that I have to put up walls between myself and people. So grateful today to have a higher power, grateful for this meeting, and grateful for all of you, and I hope you keep coming back, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, um, Sarah. And Anne-Marie, you'll be with us share today. Anne-Marie? Hi, thanks, Katie. I, I was actually going to pass because I've got somewhere to be at 8 o'clock, but I'll just quickly um, say that um, the, the last sentence, and everything um, you know, I was thinking about someone had already said, but it was also mentioned that this is a very simple program, and there are so very many simple uh, um, instructions in this book. And I tend to complicate them. So I really, I, you know, I highlighted this, and this is a clear instruction for me to keep it simple. You know, I share my experience, strength, and hope. And that's what was given to me, like someone else said. And that's what I can pass on. So um, it's important for me to remember not to um, complicate things. So uh, keep it simple. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie, for, for uh, jumping in there. Um, Okay, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book, page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Michelle H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it <clears throat> that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.